Welcome to the Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns and Dogs by Nature, SB Nation. Andy McNamara with you, alongside Browns insider Matt Fleur-Jansen from WKYC Sports in Cleveland. Get us on Twitter at AndyMC81, at Matt Fleur-Jansen. And you can also watch the live video edition of this on twitch.tv slash Live. Matt, how's it going, buddy? It's going well, Andy. How are you? Doing well, my friend. And... We just finished, I finished doing a mock draft on twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. Again, people can follow there. And it's through a draft machine simulator on the Draft Network. So it's really cool. Um, our listeners can try it too from wherever you are. You can check it out and have it where you're lined up with the Browns picks. You pick the Browns or whatever team. The picks are made through rankings, through projections. And then when your pick comes up, you have to look through the prospects by position, by whatever, and make the choices and make your own mock draft, and it gives you the results at the end. So it's, it's pretty cool. So we just did that. You don't know how this mock draft went, Matt, so I want to line this up to you and see how you like it. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, here we are. So we can picture the chime, right? We're, it, we're, we're ready. We're day two in this mock. Dorsey didn't trade back up into the first round. So... I'm just going to get all picks here and line it up. So we got uh, the Browns' first overall, uh, first pick is 49th overall. And the picks before, right before the Browns, I had as um, Jonathan Abrams' safety was taken by the Carolina Panthers at 47th overall, then Greg Little offensive tackle, then the Browns take safety the only real in my mind true strong safety in this draft taylor rap out of washington i absolutely love this guy matt and i would probably if i was dorsey trade up even to try to get him and you really solidify that strong safety spot even with the addition of an eric murray what do you think of that pick if taylor rap is there at 49 out of washington i'd take it run away like i stole it yep it's a good <laughs> selection for this team, they are weak in the second and third levels of the defense. And no matter how good your pass rush is, you still have to have guys that can cover. Getting a strong safety likely will help them with one of the biggest problems that's plagued them over the last three to five years is the inability to cover a tight end. Yes. Getting a strong safety that can play in the box will help with that. And I hope that's something that they do, and I think they will address the secondary early uh, in the draft uh, when they get to day two. Now, we also have our poll question up at AndyMC81 on Twitter of what position should Cleveland draft first? What position should they draft first? Safety, linebacker, edge rusher, and defensive line. And it gets tougher, of course, Matt, because 49th overall, you're, you're usually getting the second wave of guys, so it gets down to, all right, position need versus best player available and stuff like that. So keeping that in mind, how would you vote? Safety, linebacker, edge rusher, or defensive line? Linebacker. Um, I was uncomfortable with the linebacker situation mm -hmm. before they let go of Jamie Collins, knowing that Joe Schobert missed a ton of time last year and also Christian Kirksey missed, I believe, half the season because of injury. So I was concerned about linebacker before. Now that they don't have Jamie Collins anymore, I'm even a little bit more concerned. 
about the linebacker spot, but if they get a safety first and they wait till the third round to get a linebacker, I'm not going to be mad at that. And I think with Eric Murray, who also played corner, Matt, right? It gives you some more diversification ability and depth, as we said. I would have liked if they kept Derek Kindred, but Eric Murray is an upgrade on Kindred. Maybe not the ceiling of uh, Jabril Peppers, but if you had Taylor Rapp, what it does is you have a guy, I think you could start day one, but you have the depth with Murray, so you don't have to force. And that's the difference with this draft and how Dorsey is built with the veterans. You don't have to put rookies in positions to fail. You can have them ease their way in naturally, right? And that's not something this team has been used to uh, in the recent past, especially. I mean, look at 2017, Deshaun Kaiser gets thrown out there, you know, and really, really struggled because they didn't have a lot of playmakers around him as it was. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's very rare that a guy can come in right away and be ready to go at a professional level. Uh, this is big grown man football here. We're oh, not yeah. talking, you know, NCAAs where you get three games against, you know, small schools like places you've never heard of, like University of North Texas or right. <laughs> University of Wyoming. Not to single those guys out as not being good football players but or good football teams, but you know what I mean. Like the level of competition isn't as good early on in the college season where right away in the pros, you're going to have to hit the ground running. It's very difficult for somebody to make that transition. Uh, There are certain positions that are easier than others to make it, but yeah, it's never an easy thing to do right away. No, I love that pick of Taylor Rapp is there. We had uh, Supreme Heretic on uh, Twitch.tv here for live reactions, and he loved it as well. Uh, Toronto Baghead uh, did also. So, uh, that pick would be a home run, I think, with Browns fans to get a true, nice, strong safety thumper. That would be it for the second round, as is. Now we go to round three. And again, um, actually, Matt, after Taylor Rapp went, we had Dexter Lawrence, interior defensive line, Jalen Ferguson at the edge, and Paris Campbell of the Ohio State going to Pittsburgh. So those are kind of the picks surrounding in this mock draft simulator from the draft network. So we go. What a surprise. Yeah, another the Ohio State guy. Back to Columbus. Yeah, always, always, right? And, and that's the thing, though. The Browns yeah, don't have to reach. Scout that university. I think John Dorsey's, you know, improving he went. that for the Browns, but for a good, yeah, almost ten years there after Brian Rubisky, they forgot that the oh. Ohio State University existed. Well, Matt, the Browns sent the most scouts down to Ohio State, which makes total sense. That's great. That's that's tremendous because now you feel that. Okay, they're actually not ignoring the team in their own backyard, which actually produces some pretty damn good NFL players. They, they Believe it or not. They only ignore the ones in their backyard. The thing that was most annoying was they didn't. the scouts and the GM didn't show up to pro days. I know. Like, Ray how Farmer. are you doing oh. your due diligence if you're not doing your job? What and a travesty. I never understood that with Ray Farmer. You know, that slow brewed coffee crap. No, this is a Keurig generation. We want it now, and we want it good. And that's okay? what Dorsey's doing. I want flavor options. So, yeah, you you want your decaf, you want your donut shop, you want your... Ooh, um, love donut what's shop. What's it called? Your morning blend, whatever. What have you. John Dorsey's doing it. He's making sure that he gets everything possible to help this team 
contend. And I'm so grateful that we have a GM who is like that with that mindset because, man, we've seen the other side of it and we've lived through it. And now to be on the other side of it and looking at the positives, I mean, man, that that feels very, very good. Oh, yeah. Like, it's... The, 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 the Ray Farmer, like, does that not seem like an awful dream? And then it got worse with Sashi Brown. Like, it just kept getting worse. You know what, Matt? We're not going to be living in the negative past, okay? We went through that. By the way, I love Keurig Donut Shop. If, if you guys are, are listening, Donut Shop, uh, uh, Brew, we, we'd love to have you as a sponsor on the Doghouse. Um, we can be bought by coffee. Absolutely. <laughs> we have uh, a, a Supreme Heretic also on Twitch saying, Ray Farmer was god-awful, I agree. It says, somehow Cam Irving is a starter for Casey, which still boggles my mind. Yes! Like, Matt, that, that, that's wild. Cam Irving, who was, to a, his credit, was pretty much just totally mishandled in Brown's camp, right? Like, he was a center, he was a tackle, he was a guard. Like, he didn't almost didn't have a chance he, from the start. He had a different position every day. Stupid. And that did him no favors in getting prepared to uh, to be a, a contributor and a starter at an no. NFL level. You, as a rookie, you need to be able to hone in and just focus on your job. You don't need to be worried about snapping the ball one day, no. blocking a blind side the next, blocking a strong side the other, You know, going back on the interior and handling a 350-pound just monster of a guard where, or a defensive tackle where you were used to handling quick edge rushers that weighed 275. You know, I, with Cam, it's 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 nice to see that his career has gone as long as it did because it got off to a horrible start. Horrible. I don't think anybody in the league thought he was going to be around beyond his rookie contract if he even made it that far. Um, but, again, you look at the scenario there, they have a quarterback that can get the ball out fast, they have a ton of weapons around him. The offensive line is fairly strong around him, so he he doesn't necessarily need to be the best offensive lineman, whereas here, that's exactly what he had to do. Yeah, exactly. So good on, good on you, Cam Irving. But you know what? As Freddie Kitchen said, if you don't wear brown and orange, you, you don't, don't matter. matter. So I don't care. Matt, actually, before we get to our round three analysis of the Browns, Mock Draft 1.0. You told me you had a Freddie Kitchen story from the press conference April 1st. Yeah, I did. Uh, So at the end of the press conference, I'm waiting to go up and get my recorder, and I'm looking at something uh, on the desk, and I hear Freddie talking. Well, I assumed that he was talking to the whole media room and everybody in the room. Well, I look up, and he's looking directly at me. Oh. And he's like, oh. Don't want to talk today? And I'm like, huh. uh, no, I'm good, coach. What's going on? And he's like, what's everybody here for? Y'all thinking Odell is going to talk? And he's like, <laughs> he ain't talking today. And I'm like, well, we're gonna, all going to be disappointed if that's the case. He's like, ah, April Fool. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, you, so you like him. You you like Freddie. Having a coach with a little bit of a personality is is pretty enjoyable. Um, An authentic he, personality. Mean, he's true to himself. He's not going to change. You know, he's he's stern when he has to be. He's hilarious when he has to be. I mean, he's a walking T-shirt manufacturer because every time this guy talks, he says something that ends up on a T-shirt. Yeah. 
You know, you don't wear brown and orange. You don't matter. Yeah, Monday it was whoop hell. You know, like, the guy <laughs> is just a freaking marketing genius. It, and he doesn't, the sad thing is, he's not going to make a dime off of it because everybody else just takes his ideas and runs with it. All the other ones. Yeah, all the t-shirt manufacturers, brown shop, they look in and say, oh, uh, yeah, 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 okay, print it, print it, print it. It's amazing to me how fast, like, these shirts come out. Like, Oh, moments man, later. It didn't even take to the end of the press conference. I no. Mean, that's how quick these things are. No, it's it's absolutely great. I love me some Freddie Kitchens. Okay, we're going to get back to the Browns mock draft. Just completed it. Andy McNamara alongside Matt Florjancic. You're listening to the doghouse. Okay, so we took uh, Taylor Rapp first, uh, with the Browns' first pick, 49th overall in the second round safety. So check, safety complete. Now, Matt, again, we are at the mercy of the mock draft machine from the Draft Network. So this is the scenario that happened. 78th overall, Terry McLaurin, another Ohio State Buckeye. Wide receiver went to the Dolphins. Then Sean Bunting, cornerback, Central Michigan, with the 80th overall pick. Your Cleveland Browns take out of the Ohio State University. In this mock, he fell Draymond Jones' interior defensive line. Matt, I don't think he's going to fall that far, but if he does, that's another case where John Dorsey and company sprint up and hand in the ticket, and you take that guy because that's that would be a phenomenal value. There's no question about that. I mean, you're looking at a guy who at one point in the season was talked about whether he could sneak into the first round. Yeah, oh, yeah. have haven't dropped that far. I mean, that would be pretty impressive, especially given the fact that there's going to be a run on D-tackles. It's probably right. going to start at seven or eight, and it's going to go through the whole first round. Oh, for sure, and and that's where somebody like that could could fall, right? Because you're going to be getting those second waves. So if Draymond Jones goes, I would even be looking to trade back into the second round late, or maybe higher in the third to get him if if need be, if he's there. Because again, you have a guy who has all the raw ability. Can he get better in run defense? A little stronger, sure. Pass rush, he's got some variety in his techniques and, and, and moves, but he's not he's not a complete package. That's okay, because you can park him behind she- uh, Sheldon Richardson and Larry Ogunjobi and have him develop and put him in situations where you can grow if you think his ceiling is higher, which I think it is. So if he's there, you can trade up to get him. Game on, man. Let's do it. You know, they've done that before with guys that they tried to bring along and figured they could sit behind other players and then all of a sudden they become very good specialists. The guy that really sticks out to me is Jannard Avery. Yes. Fifth round pick. That guy has a motor that would, I mean, rival any player in the league. No doubt. He does not stop. Relentless pursuit of the football. Yeah. And if you can get another guy like that, I mean, man, you're talking about really making things difficult for imposing offense. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's the third round pick, Draymond Jones. Again, 80th overall, according to the mock draft machine. You can trade up to get him. You go get him. Let's move to the fourth round. Actually, after Draymond, Andy Isabella was taken by the Vikings. Riley Ridley, wide receiver to the Titans. So you go on a bit of a receiver run there. Uh, Now, fourth round. Matt, I made this pick. Because one, when you get into the fourth round, you have to start looking at position depth, right? So do you take the 10th best cornerback or the 6th best tight end or running back, depending on need, depending on positional strength? So in this case, with the Duke Johnson wanting out-of-town moves, 
And the uncertainty of when Kareem Hunt does come back, if he stays clean, it would be week nine, but who knows? I'm going 119th overall out of Oklahoma State, Justice Hill. He's a better in-between-the-tackler runner than Duke, but he's known for pass catching and is pretty good in pass protection too. So you can add that value. He can do some special teams work in there. But I think if you add a guy with a similar skill set to Duke, who God love him, it's not like it's a, a unique skill set. He's very talented, but I think you can fill it. A Justice Hill out of that in a fourth round, I would take that at that position value considering where other needs were edge rusher, which were much lower ranked. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, running back is is kind of a question mark right now because you don't know when Hunt. Well, you know when Hunt's going to be back, but you don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in and what he's going to be able to contribute at least in the first few weeks. Yeah, um, Chubb, you're pretty well set, and Duke Johnson doesn't want to be here. Um, he, you know, he's a guy that did everything right, but never really caught on as an every down back. I've been critical of him in the past. Look, I understand he's a great pass catcher. He's not an in-between-the-tackles runner. He never has been at this level. He likely never will be. I think he has almost a 1,000 more receiving yards in his career than he does rushing yards. So going out and getting a replacement that can do multiple things is a good thing. You're going to need running back depth because they get dinged up. Nick Chubb, sure. if he carries the ball 25 to 28 times a game, is going to get dinged. And until you get Hunt back, you really don't have a second option. So getting a Justice Hill fits perfectly for this team. Good in-between-the-tackles runner, good pass catcher, good pass protector. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you put him on the field, you don't know what's coming. You put Duke Johnson on the field, you know exactly You know what's coming. You know what's coming. And and that's why if you have a healthy Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt's a better pass catcher and pass protector and can run. He's the total package. We know Chubb can do it. So the value of needing a guy there might not be as high. But again, in the fourth round, if you have him for depth with what Dontrell Hilliard as the only other option at running back, I still like that because of your points, what you said with being being uh, adding depth and, and needing somebody with the question mark of Kareem Hunt. Now, he's a bit undersized, 5'10", 190, but if the primary role is to pass catch and have that skill set, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I look, I think Hunt's going to play a huge factor towards the end of the season. And if the Browns are in a playoff run, uh, I think he's going to have a big role. Oh, Whether totally. He's taking carries away from Chubb or having them both on the field at the same time. He will have a role. But again, he's going to miss half the season. You have to have a second option. And if Duke Johnson doesn't want to be here, and he's going to be a bad attitude uh, in the in the locker room, you need to cut bait and go find somebody else. You're either with us or against us, as my guy Baker Mayfield would say. Let's move on to the fifth round, where the Browns have three fifth-round picks. So, Matt, in this mock version 1.0, I went rounds two to five, and then next week we can get a little bit deeper into sixth and seventh-round picks. Uh, and go from there. But I wanted to target these areas. Now, 144th overall, they pick first. These are the guys that went before. Khalil Hodge out of Buffalo to the Giants, who I love. I think Khalil Hodge, and if he's there for the Browns, I would jump on him in a second as a linebacker. That's an underrated guy. 
Then the Giants yeah, take linebackers named Khalil from the University of Buffalo. They have a pretty good track record in this league. Yes, 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 they do. Khalil Mack, the other one. I'm not putting him at that level, but that's a guy I think that could be a real contributor um, and is underrated. Uh, Jaquan Johnson, safety out of Miami, went to the Giants after that. Now, stick with me on this one. Again, this point in the draft, we're in the fifth round. So we're looking at, do we still need a linebacker? Yes. Could we use a cornerback? Yes. Offensive tackle? Did you go kicker? I did not go kicker in the fifth round. No. No. I'm not. I'll give you you a spoiler. In this draft, up to the fifth round, there is no kicker. I did not. I did not reach. (laughs) Maybe I should. I'm I'm just curious. I think next week we might see a kicker make it into the mock draft 2.0 here on the dock. (laughs) But... What I'm looking at now, Matt, is not to reach for position guys that you just need. So that's why I went still available. And in this mock, he's available. I don't think he's getting out of the second round. Definitely not the third. In this mock draft, he dropped to the fifth. Wide receiver, Miles Boykin out of Notre Dame. I loved him out of the combine, Matt. He had the second highest vertical. He's a jump ball guy. 6'3". Uh, body frame. And you got the weight behind it. 225. Real good hands. Decent route runner, still needs a little bit of development, but he is somebody that I think the Browns could use skill set wise because you're still missing that true big bodied outside receiver. Odell's 5'11, Callaway's smaller, Jarvis is smaller, Higgins has some size, but isn't necessarily that physical force. So I like if you get him there, I know you're stacked, but you jump on Miles Boykin as yet another weapon you can pop in there. I would, t- I would take him at that value all day. That body type is extremely rare um yeah and when you find it you you take it right away you know notre dame's pumped out some very good pass catchers uh in their at least in the recent past Mm -hmm. and the guy that sticks out i in my mind the most is will fuller yeah just a flat out blazer that can get up and down the field now boykin isn't as fast but he's just as athletic and he's got a good body type that would really help guys like Beckham, guys like Landry, guys like Callaway, who are on the other side or in the slot. When you have a guy, not only a cornerback, but a safety you have to account for, that opens up so many more things. Oh, yeah. You get the safety out of the box. You get a lot more crossing routes. You get a lot of you know, seam routes for tight ends like David and Joku. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the possibilities there are endless, and this would be a hell of an addition. It would be a great weapon there, and it just adds, right? Now you have something else to account for, and really then you diversify the skill sets of your wide receiver. So we're taking Boykin in this mock draft. Buck, uh, Buccaneers take Mark Fields, cornerback after him. Lions go Darius Slayton, wide receiver, and we see another run on wide receivers after uh, after that, but Miles Boykin size-wise, yes, please. Uh, Supreme underscore heretic says on twitch.tv slash Andy says, kicker, there's only one worth considering, Cole Tracy from LSU. And Matt, I just got to say, anybody but Greg Joseph. Okay, Cole Tracy, sure. Yeah, for get, those of you who are new to the podcast, Andy's uh, most important position outside of Baker Mayfield is who is kicking field goals for yes. this team. Yes. And there have been several epic rants. Yeah. Several yeah. rants about kicking. I try to um, keep it clean. First it was Cody Parkey. Oh. Then it was Zane Gonzalez. Now it's Greg Joseph. Maybe the worst of them all. And, 
Maybe the worst of them all. You know, the funny thing is I heard a report the other day that the Browns are very high on him because he has what they call a once-in-a-generation leg. What? It's just a matter of getting him honed technically. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, if Andy would have heard this, he might have driven off the road on the way home. (laughs) Matt, I, I don't even know what to say to that. That's... That's ridiculous. You're mad at me now, aren't you? 60%. The guy couldn't do it in college. Okay? Technically, did you see the choke factor? I cannot teach clutch. I cannot teach clutch in my kicker. Greg Joseph is a choker. Cody Parkey is a choker. Zane Gonzalez, I like the draft pick. Luke Groza, award winner. Seemed like a perfect fit. He couldn't do it. Get me my kicker, Mr. Dorsey. Because if we're in week one... Or any week, and I see freaking Greg Joseph plunk one or miss wide left or right, I'm going to lose my mind. Okay? We're going to come on here, and I'm going to have to tick off the explicit rating on the podcast because I'm going to drop so many F-bombs, it's going to rival Richard Pryor's comedy special in the 80s, which I think holds the records. No. I need a kicker. Want to know how I really feel? I need a minute for that one because another, we just tipped off another rant. <laughs> oh, man. Supreme Heretic like that one. Yeah, you're new to the podcast, bro. Don't get me started on kickers. I like Cole Tracy from LSU. I, hopefully, we can work him into the mock draft next week. Okay. Anyway, before my blood pressure goes through the roof, let's kick on with the, the completed mock draft here. So, fifth round, Browns have three picks. After that. The two picks before, Will Greer, quarterback, Washington, whatever. Tyler Reimer, Reimer, offensive tackle, goes to the Panthers from San Diego State. And this is another spot, Matt, where do I need a linebacker? Yes. Corner, yes. Other positions, yes. But the value at this position, I liked in the sense that you can add more offensive talent. And I went tight end, Foster Moreau. Ideal size. Now, I go. know we got Njoku. I know we signed Harris as the, the secondary guy. But for Foster Moreau, 6'5", 255, senior, okay, out of LSU, might go well with that kicker, Cole Tracy, huh? Match him up. A couple Tigers. More Tigers for uh, LSU Tigers for Landry and Beckham. Keep in mind, they got Landry and Beckham. That's right. The LSU North. Keep the Tigers going. I like it. Don't tell Nick Chubb I said that. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Out of Georgia, exactly. Um, But with Foster Moreau, Matt, you got that, that size for mismatch in the red zone and corner. But he also, you can line him up in line or outside for run blocking and pass protection. So you have that body there. He's young. You can develop him as a pass catcher. Orson Charles more of the fullback role there, right? And you still have the guys, Najoku and Harris, who you signed, that can be the main contributors, but you still have that next wave. And again, because you're deep, you can afford to take a project like this who might be able to develop into something special at that elite size. I can't teach 6'5", 255. You can't teach size, you can't teach heart, you yep. can't teach clutch. Yep. And for what we know right now, Foster Moreau at least has the size gene. We don't know about the rest. So I'm going Foster Moreau. What do you think about that, Matt? Again, value-wise, like if I got a linebacker dropping to me, obviously I'm taking him ahead of time. But do you think that, is that too many weapons? Is that too much tight end? It's been my experience and my belief that you can never have, quote-unquote, too many weapons. Yeah. Yeah. A guy like Baker Mayfield is not afraid to spread the ball around. In fact, I think I wrote last season that of his 13 starts, he 
completed passes to eight or more players in all of them. Really? Which is talking about diversifying an attack. I mean, that's exactly what that was. He was good at finding the open guy, and he didn't try to force stuff. He took what was given to him, and he made the most of it. And when you see things like that, you understand the importance of depth and the importance of going out there and using every single avenue you can to move the ball up the field and get it in the end zone. Yeah, absolutely. So if you can add that, as long as there's no other higher-ranked linebacker or other position in need, sure. Like that, I think that, that naturally fits in there. Okay, now we get to the last pick of this mock draft. We're going to stop at five today because there's three picks. The final pick, Matt, I went over it in the live mock draft. And I absolutely love that this guy fell here, and I think you'll grow to love him too. Out of North Carolina State, Jermaine Pratt, linebacker. 6'3", 245, a converted safety. So what are we missing with that Jabril Peppers type, kind of that up-in-the-box guy, which I think Taylor Rapp could also uh, utilize who was our first pick. But you have Jermaine Pratt. Position diversification, not that you drop him back to safety, but he's got coverage skills. He's a sure tackler. One of his biggest strengths is tackling. High, high, high motor, go get him type motor, something we didn't have with Jamie Collins. So also, Jernard Avery, that was the spot, the fifth round where Dorsey found him last year. I think you could have another gem in Jermaine Pratt in the fifth round. Again, 6'3", 245, redshirt senior, so he had a lot of playing time. I want them to get a linebacker. I think they need to get a yeah. linebacker, yeah. and this young man has size. He has speed. If he's playing safety at some point in his career, you know he has to have some speed. Yeah, he plays fast. He hits hard. You know, you have to go out there and make plays. And this kid seems like he would fit in perfectly in situational roles, or if they have to expand it towards the end of the season. Yeah, I think you can move him around. And you work him in like you did Avery, right? You work him in. You don't have to throw him in as a starter right away. But you work him in. You add that depth and you utilize those skill positions. So that is the Mock Draft 1.0, Browns fans. Tweet us at AndyMC81, at Matt Florjancic. Let us know what you thought. The poll update on position to draft. 36% safety, 38% linebacker, 11% edge rusher, 15% defensive line. On which position should the Browns draft first? You can vote at AndyMC81. Before we go, got one from uh, Supreme Heretic again. Thanks for engaging there, brother. Uh, says, in general, last year's quarterback class was important. We're going to see some awesome matchups over the next decade and some great careers from Baker, Josh Allen, and Darnold with Brady and Rodgers in the twilight. These dudes are going to carry the torch. Amen. And I hope, and I, I know, Matt, I'm not going to say I hope I know, that torch is going to be led by Baker Mayfield, and it is, and we we are starting to see something special from last year. So I cannot wait. But first step, next step is the draft, right? Yeah, and you know what? It's it's nice that we haven't had to do this since October. Yeah, we're we're getting involved in it. You know, you, you're getting excited that the adrenaline's starting to pump. The blood's yes. starting to boil a little bit. You're ready for some football. You're ready to watch some dudes go at it in training camp. And, you know, you're, Go I'm, get I'm, it. I'm getting ready. Honestly, this is the most excited. Uh, full disclosure, this will be my 11th season covering the Browns. And wow. This is probably, without question, the most excited I, and most positive 
I've ever been about this football team. People who know me uh, sometimes label me as a pessimist. I consider myself to be a realist. (laughs) But when I look at what happened on Monday with that press conference and what happened in the offseason up until this point, I cannot help but be optimistic that this team should challenge for the AFC North Division Championship. I love it, Matt. And get to the playoffs and break the NFL's longest current active streak for playoff droughts. That's right. Bills broke it the other year, a couple years ago. Time for the Browns to break it. So recap of the draft, the mock draft, Taylor Rapp, safety 49th overall out of Washington. Draymond Jones falls Ohio State to 80th overall. Perhaps to trade up to get him in, in real life. 119th, Justice Hill running back, replacing Duke Johnson's skill set. Miles Boykin, stud wide receiver who drops to the fifth round. Foster Moreau, tight end, 155. And Jermaine Pratt, linebacker, 170. That's mock draft 1.0. Matt, uh, what do you got coming up, man? I see on uh, WKYC Sports uh, slash Sports, you got a lot of Odell Beckham Jr. and Browns coverage. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're still in that mold of, you know, decompressing from Monday, trying to flush out all this stuff. Uh, Just recently posted a story before this call uh, on Kareem Hunt's development um, in the organization uh, since he was signed a couple of months ago. Uh, They're high on him. They think that he's doing the necessary steps to become a better person and to not necessarily forget about what he did in the past, but to, to, make a positive out of a very negative situation. And I thought Freddie Kitchens handled that great. The Browns are cautiously optimistic that they'll have him in the building for at least some of the time that he's going to be away from the team after training camp. Yeah. So when you take all that into account, you know, and the charity work that he's started to do in Cleveland, you know, things might be heading in the right direction for him, but only time will tell. Um, and then I have uh, a story coming up later today, Baker Mayfield talking about how it's important for Freddie Kitchens to be the same old guy yes. that he was as an offensive coordinator, not all of a sudden change uh, when he is in the head man seat. Right. So important. Keep authentic. And from the vibe we get from Freddie Kitchens, I think it's going to be just that. So you can check that out, wkyc.com slash sports. Matt on Twitter at Matt Florjancic. Me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Vote in the poll question, what position you want to see the Browns draft first overall. Uh, well, with their pick. Not first overall anymore. 49th overall. Thank God not first overall anymore. With the second round pick. Uh, we'll get into some kicker talk next week too, Matt, I'm sure. We'll, we'll talk to you later, buddy. All right. Sounds good, Andy. Have a good one. All right. You've been watching and listening to The Doghouse on Dogs by Nature, SBC Nation, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns.